What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's Big Brother, and this is the Saturday Night Sit Down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's Big Brother, and today I got the very, very special guest, my cousin Victor. What's going on, bro? Chilling, man. I just got off of work, so just ready. I'm just blessed to be here with you. Nah, man, I appreciate it, man. It's been a long time, and I haven't seen you in, in God knows how long, man. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. It's been like over seven, eight years now. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's crazy, man. And our lives definitely taking us in different, different ways, man. But um. It is it's very, very good to be here, able to sit down and talk with you tonight, man. Definitely, man. I was excited to uh, actually, like, be able to reach out to you and still be able to have that vibe with you. You know what I'm saying? No, definitely, man. Definitely, man. Family's always family, man. No matter what we do, whatever distance and all that stuff changes, man. But we, we always going to have that love, man. So thank you so much. for. I know, I know it's late, man, right now. This is the latest I've done an episode right now. It's 1.30 in the morning. You just got off of work. Um, but, man, we, we had to get this conversation going, man. So thank you. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Um, so like I tell everybody, man, when I do this show and stuff like that, really, it's just, um, you know, trying to reach out to this younger generation, you know, educate them, try to help guide them and really help find their way into manhood or adulthood. I'm as sure as we all struggle, you know, we all go through different tri- trials and tribulations and society and everything tells us how to be one way. Um, we don't got to be like that, man. Everybody has a different story. Everybody goes through different things and we should be able to handle and feel every single emotion that we need to because, at the yeah yeah we're men but we're human beings too at the end of the day you know what i mean like and all humans we got to go through emotions we got feelings we got ups and downs and all that stuff so we have to uh join together and help each other get through those things you know so um as i always do to everybody else my, my very first question to you man um to you what do you think is some of the main characteristics or qualities that it takes to be a good man or a good person to be honest with you it just it, it, it stems down from family, bro. Like, it's always going to be, you got to respect, you got to always show love, and you got to just be a stand-up person, be true to who you are. Yeah, that's a big thing, man. Everybody is, is really being you. I know, um, you know, growing up, everybody is trying to live up to a certain image or a certain persona, stuff like that, because that's what the world around us is telling us to be or how we're supposed to act and how we're supposed to do things. Um, it was very rare we are encouraged to be unique and be yourself and be an individual is this coming out to that more more so nowadays but i think it's because of all of us who went through that of being suppressed of trying to be something that we're not really going against the grain like yo everybody has to be their own individual you know and especially now with social media and all these things going around like there are so many more people like you and you have access to so many more people that are like you you don't have to be ashamed to be who you are you know no definitely definitely like it's uh the way we grew up is different. You had to conform. You always had to fit in that little box. Right. And, right. and now you're, I love it now because you're able to be outside that box and draw circles if you want to draw circles. You know, so it's like, like it's just weird how when we were younger, it's always like, no, nah, you got to do this. You have to be that way. And now it's like, you want purple hair? Fuck, have purple hair. Right, right, right. It's weird. It's, it's, for the younger generation is probably fun but for right. me when I see certain things like that it's like oh you know that doesn't fit the norm for me 
yeah, yeah, you know, we're all supposed to, you know, do as I say, not as I do type of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, a part of about that, like you said, being yourself and being your own individual and stuff is, is just being a good person. I mean, I think also when it comes to being a good person, a good man, we got to have good morals um, and a good sense of being. So to you, what do you think are some of your important morals that you carry on on a day-to-day basis? Just being true to yourself. Like, try to always, like, don't have your emotions on your sleeves, but be aware of, like, what's going on. And being able to express yourself without being rash. Mm. Like, that's just one of my, my things for me. Like, growing up, I was always hot-headed and, like, short-tempered. And I've had to learn how to, like, pull back from that. And learning to do that, you humble yourself. And that's, like, one of those things to me. Like, having, like the good morals come into play on humbling yourself because you have to learn how to do certain things like your parents teach you respect and honor and to love, you know, and each person shows love in a different way. Each person right, shows respect right. in a different way. So the way I might show you respect might not be the same way you interpret respect. So it's like one of those things for me, like, like that's one of my biggest things for me is always being true to who you are and trying to be as open-minded as possible. Yeah, no, and I think you touched on something, something big there too that I've seen a lot with this generation is is, is having a short fuse or just being extremely hot at it or quick to react. I've seen so many, so many young kids lose their lives over senseless stuff, you know, stepping on your shoe or saying something the wrong way or wearing the wrong colors or, you know, talking to somebody, girl, you know what I mean? Like things that are, that really are, are so trivial, you know, but at the end of the day, it ends up somebody costing a life. Now, now you said that too. You know how to learn it and, and control that stuff. What are some of the things that that you've learned that helped you? I guess become more level headed or control your temple and anger. It, it, it's it just came down to like growing up. Like there's there's a certain point in your life where you have to just like stop being a kid, stop worrying about all this extra stuff and keeping up with the Joneses. You know, it's just like. For me, it was, I remember I was downtown Stanford on the South End, and I was hanging out with a family member of ours. I'm not going to give a name. Mm-hmm. We were out there chilling, and someone pressed him. And I saw how he reacted, and it, and it wasn't what I would do. Like, what I saw him do was, like, growing up, I was like, you punked out. Like, it's not cool. And he turned around and told me, he's like, sometimes it's just better to let it go because now that person's going to see that you don't, he don't, he won't phase you. Right. You let him win. When he can control your your temper, your attitude and all this other good stuff, he wins because now he Mm -hmm. knows he can control you. Yeah. That power. And ever since then, I started realizing like some of the stuff that I grew up learning is backwards. Mm-hmm. So I pulled back on the reins on those things, like getting mad if someone scuffed the side of my shoe, bumped me in the hallway. You know, I was always quick to always be like, excuse you. Right, right. You know, now I'm just like, All right, sorry, man. I, I was in your way. I apologize. Like, you know, but it's it just comes down to you don't want people to have power over you. No, and I think that that's very key. I've been doing like a lot of uh, 
I guess self-development and reading all those things. And it's just something that a lot of people say is that, and that's one thing that, that I, that I'm insistent in teaching my daughter, you know, she understands now because she's, she's about to be six and, and like 19 days. It's crazy, man. Like I got a six year old, but, um, you know, I, she was, you know, I pick her up from school and she'll say, Oh, you know, so-and-so this happened at school. And I got so angry. I'm like, why? You know, or so-and-so said this to me and it got me sad. Why? I tell her, baby, you're the one that controls your feelings. You decide whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're, you know, happy, whatever, whatever you want to feel, it's up to you. Don't let anybody else make you feel a certain way or control their ways because then they control you, they own you. And nobody owns you but yourself. You know, so so that's one of the things, that's one of the morals, I guess, that coming out of that, while I'm touching on that, I teach my daughter is that, you know, master your feelings. The quicker you can master your own feelings, you know, you'll you'll be able to do so much more in your own life because nobody dictates what's going to happen to you but yourself. You know, and that's really one of the ultimate forms of self-control um, is really, and like you said that too, like, you know, understanding your feelings, you know, and I think that's something that we all need to um, be okay with. You know, if we're sad, why are we sad? What's making us sad? Why are we feeling this way? Ask yourself those questions. So that you understand, you know, how you got into that situation and how you can avert that situation or make it better for yourself without having to rely on anybody else. Uh, you know, and it takes a lot of that. Yeah, there's actually a good book out there for, for people who want to know, like, how to adapt to these feelings or adapt to certain, like, situations. It's, uh, it's called the, uh, the Meaning of Feelings. It's a small little book, it's about 32 pages, and it explains like each feeling and how you can cope with each feeling. Mm. And that's a book that I I used to read back in high school to help me like adjust to understand and focus and regroup when I got into like certain situations where I couldn't quite tell, like, was I really angry at this person? Or was it just because, you know, I did something to him or he did something to me? Right, right. And it really like breaks things down for you. No, that's what's up, man. Like I think it's 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 like um very, very important to control your feelings. I'm gonna definitely have to look into that and see because I'm I'm all about that and it's just trying to teach her those things. Cause I remember too, like one of the things that kind of uh, got to me is that I was I used to fight all the time, you know, and in the middle, middle school and stuff like that growing up. And, and most of the times it was because somebody was saying stuff about my mom. You know what I mean? They talking talk about my mom was saying some comment about her and I'm, and I'm snapping and I'm just beating the brakes off of them. And then, um, you know, it got to a point where my mom asked me one time, she was like, you know, why, why did you get to fight with this person? I was like, well, because they said you was a hoe and you was a bitch. And she was like, am I though? I was like, no. She was like, all right, then why are you worried about it? And that was one of the kind of moments where I was just like, okay, that I guess I was like the the moment I realized that people are trying to manipulate me, you know, and to believe in something that's not right, not true, and they're getting these reactions out of me and winning the yeah. battle, like you said, you know. No, but it's it's not only it's not only that, like it's 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 the fact that you have you know a lot of respect for your mother, you have a lot yeah. of pride in your family, and that's the one of those things that again, like we were raised to be that way. Like the prominent Puerto Rican family, Hispanic families, we were always right, right. taught to always defend ours. And you did, but they always found a way to make you feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
you know, and 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 stuff was again like I, I don't want nobody talking about about your mom or anything, but um, you know, you gotta learn to adjust those, and that's that's and also too like I had to go through through like anger management and stuff like that because because people were like teasing me and 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 all these things and having to cope and face those things. But it was also, I think another part that I didn't, we were trained not to really deal with our feelings. Like if you had a certain emotion, you got to bury it. You know what I'm saying? Like cover it up. You know what I mean? Like be a man, man up, cover it up. You ain't supposed to feel anything. Um, And it's, 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 I always say that, and we, we, we rage out, right? We have these moments where we snap. You know, and ultimately what I, what I come to or what I say to myself is that when you go into rage, that's all those feelings that you were pent up hiding and emotions that you were putting away all coming out at once. Yeah. yeah that I mean, like, it's, it's like, a huge eruption. Yeah, it's like having a Coke bottle and shaking it and then popping the cap off of it. And everything's coming out at once. So it's yeah. like, I used to do that all the time. And that hasn't led me to the best of places. No, it definitely will not, man. Um, and 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 going on like these things because I know we're talking about like with families and importance of our dads and stuff like that. For you, um, you know, what was your relationship with your dad like? Uh, Rocky, um, I I had the best of both worlds. So the man you know to be my dad is mm-hmm. actually my stepfather. Right, right. Um, he was been in my life since five until he passed away about three years ago. Um, and then I had my biological dad and he was, you know, typical Hispanic male, like hard, like tough love and all that. Like my father who raised me was more of a compassionate type of person. He would always try to understand you and let you express yourself without turning into like a violent person. Like if he saw you were getting to that point, he'd always try to like, all right, take a step back, breathe a little bit, relax. You know, it's nothing to get worked up over. My real dad, he was like, you got to learn how to deal with it because eventually I'm not going to be around for you and you're going to have to learn how to deal with it. So I kind of got the best of both worlds when it comes to like parenting um, dad sides. But uh, my biological father wasn't wasn't really there very much for me. And I guess I uh... Now, do you remember, I guess, like up until five, like a time before that where he wasn't there? Like, did it make you feel a certain way that he wasn't around or he had that kind of relationship or was it just you didn't really see the, the transition? I, 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 to be honest with you, like, it, since I was a kid, it's always like, I'm going to come and pick you up. And then he never came and picked me up. So it's like, after a while, I got immune to it. It's like, oh, I'm coming to pick you up. Well, I'm going to go make plans with this person because I know you're not showing up. But I always had my my stepdad, like my pops. I always had him to rely on. Like, oh, he didn't show up. Oh well, come, we'll do something. Right, right. So it's like, where one fails, the other one picks up the slack. So it's like, it's it's like, uh, it was a win win for me. Right, right. Because you come pick me up and we good, we hang out. And if you don't, I'm still gonna hang out anyway. You know. Yeah. So so it's like I always. Like I said, like it was more of a it didn't matter because I already knew the outcome because he's done it so many times before. Yeah, yeah. Now, like I said, with, with his stepdad growing up and having that relationship with him and, and you know, him teaching you the soft things, what do you think is this, you know, one of the most important things you think you learned from him? 
Oh, man. Um, the other day I was on your Instagram page and you said, always shoot for the moon because if you miss, you're always among stars. Yeah, yeah. That reminded me of him because he always told me, he's like, I'd rather you try to hit a home run and get out than to hit a line drive and get on base. And that just reminded me of him when you said that because that was always his thing. Like, I'd rather see you attempt and fail than to play it safe and succeed. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. I said, I love those analogies, man, and just really encourage you to try because I've come to realize more and more that that we are the ones who determine how far we're going to go in life. You know, nobody else. You know, it's all about your mentality, your mindset, you know, what limits you set for yourself. Like I've been saying this for, for weeks now, man, we're bound to the boundaries we create in our own mind. Yeah. You know, so wherever we set that bar, that's as far as we're going to go. It's important to keep pushing that and keep testing ourselves. I think it was, um, I think, was it um, not almost in um, Matthew McConaughey? It was Matthew McConaughey, right? He was doing a speech and stuff, and they asked him, um, you know, who's your who's your biggest idol? Who's your biggest role model or whatever, you know? And um, he said, me in 10 years, you know? And then 10 years later, come on, he said, well, it's me in another 10 years. You know, I know I'm never going to chase, I'm never going to be that person, but I always got something to drive and push towards, you know? So yeah. he's constantly pushing that bar of where he is to reach different levels of excellence. And I think that's something that we, we, everybody should do in their own lives. You know, really don't set up what you have in front of you, you know, whatever you want, whatever you think you're capable of, you're able to do it. If you're just willing to put in the work, try and have that right mentality, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Now, um, now I was talking about this too, and, and I definitely want to see pictures of your little girl, man. Um, but, but now that, you know, you're, you're a daddy yourself and, and, and you have her now, she's like, what, two, you said, right? She'll be two in January. She's going to be two in January. So, I mean, early on, I started thinking about things that I, that I wanted to teach my children and kind of like start creating a blueprint. Do you have anything in mind that are some important values or things that you want to make sure that she, she grows up with? Uh, literally, this is like the core values that most prominent Hispanic family have, you know, love and respect. Like, I, w- I want her to be her own person. So, I mm-hmm. like, even now, I'd let her venture off and do whatever she likes to do right right but i'm i'm always there to make sure that i can catch her when she falls and you know teach her no like rights from wrong like the typical parent things to do but i just want to make sure like i want her to understand that being different is okay mm. yeah like, yeah like i said like there's days like she she understands like putting on your shoes she gets it she'll put her foot out but if you tell her to go pick out shoes she'll go pick out two different pairs of shoes you know to be home it's cool like i don't have a problem with it because you're being an individual you're showing me that you're different right right you know when we go out you have to have a matching pair like those are things that she she understands but i just i really wanted to focus on just being herself and never changing for anyone. Yeah, no, and that, that is some because I remember that too when my daughter was growing up. Well, she, she's still growing up and getting bigger and stuff. But as she was little, um, she would watch shows and like Chinese or like different things and all these whatever she wants to expose herself to. I'm just allowing her to do that to help her create her own individuality. You know, yeah. 
because everybody's different. Like today I had a quarter and, you know, you definitely got to be on top of these things, but we were sitting down at the table for dinner. Um, and she says, uh, you know, I'm so grateful we're sitting down here like a normal family. And I said, baby, there's no such thing as normal. Okay. Don't put a label on it. You know, we say we're a happy family and like that, but you know, your normal and my normal and our normal might be different from somebody else's normal. So yeah. there's nothing that is, is quote unquote normal in this world. You know, because I don't want her to, because that's already, I think that's like passing judgment on somebody. You know what I mean? Like if she goes to somebody else and they're not sitting that way, well, that's not what a normal family does. It's, it's normal to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what they, that's what they do. Yeah. See, when people tell me normal, I just think uh, typical. Right. Is the word that they, I think they're trying to use because in society, typical family is, you know, mom, dad, 2.5 children. Right, you know, right. white picket fence, always eating dinner at this time, having breakfast at this time. It's like a typical American family. And like you like you said, like you don't want the label. Right, right. But it's always yeah. good to have that kind of structure as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I've learned that from, like, like I, I give it up to my one of my best friends growing up, the Dan Welton and his family, the Weltons, man. I was over there all the time and it was, for me, the first time sitting down at the table with everybody there, like yeah. on a Sunday night having dinner, you know what I mean? Like Saturday night having dinner. And it, and to me, it wasn't normal. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, you know, I would grab, I played the food, everybody went off in all different directions and, and, and that was it. You know, we ate, bring our preachers and clean our stuff and put it in the sink. So it was very uh, different to me. And I enjoyed it. You know, we all sat there and we, you know, they asked me about my day, you know, how did it go? What did I do in school? And I was like, they care about what happened to me in a sense, you know, not that my parents didn't, you know, but it was done differently, but to be in that kind of environment, it was like, wow, like, you know, so that's, that's something that I, that I, that I wanted to make typical for myself, you know, my wife and my kids, you know, we come home, we have dinner, we sit down, no TV. Hey, how was your day? What did you do today? How are you? What are you feeling? You know, creating that structure for ourselves because it's something that I think is is important because it, you know it really opened up more of a communication between me and their parents, and and I want that with my kids too to be able to come and talk to me about anything and everything they want, and not having that fear. You know, that that breaks down to like core values. Like that's something you do for your family. That's like something you value that that quality time. Yeah, no, definitely because I I want. It's like you know that too. Like we're growing up in a strong Spanish family. Like you, you're not supposed to talk back. You're not supposed to have a different view or opinion. You know, yeah. this, this is what I said. This is what it is. Go do it, or, or you know, be this way or do that. You know, so kind of uh, I guess suppressing their individuality in a sense without really knowing it. You know, I don't think that that's not what they're intending to do. They want you to be respectful, but in a way that they think is respectful and that they see or that what they was taught to them. You know, see when you talk. All right. To me, when when someone said like a, that, that the way we grew up, it was more of a I don't know about for you, but speaking for me, it was more of a respect is fear. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't want that for her. Like yeah, you know, I want her to be able to feel comfortable and come to me and and ask me the the dumbest questions. Like I don't care. Um, there's a there's a uh, a poet named uh, Javion Johnson. I'll send you a link to him. He's got yeah. a poem about 
him and his nephew and how his nephew asked him a million questions a day. Like, why is the sky blue? Why is the road black? Why is water wet? Like, and he goes on and tries to answer all these questions for him. And then he realizes that he's not asking questions to know the answers. He's just asking the questions because he wants to ask questions. He's comfortable with asking these ridiculous questions to him. Mm. And, and that's kind of what I want. Like when, when I, when I see her, I just want her to know, like, it's okay to, to, to ask a question. Cause the way I was grew up is you ask a question, and you're dumb. You should know the answer. And I don't want her to ever feel that she's dumb or slow or whatever word under the sun that people want to use because you asked the question you didn't know the answer to. You know, but how else do you educate yourself? How else do you grow is if you don't ask these questions? Yeah, man, that, that uh, kind of like, that kind of hits kind of close to home to me right now, man, because my, my daughter is definitely really at that age and, um, I, it's, it's so it's so there, there's no book on parenting you know and we're all learning how to do this stuff man and, and my daughter what i've noticed with my daughter when it comes to like schoolwork and stuff you know especially when i'm when i'm near with her um is that she'll ask questions or, or you know make mistakes on purpose knowing that i know she knows this stuff you know and it's kind of tricky because like it is like it's cool like i want to make sure that you know because you know, she's she's currently in like in like IEP and all these things at school. You know, getting like I guess help on certain things, and um, it's crazy because in some of these meetings that I have with these teachers, they're like, "Oh, Nyla doesn't know," um, you know, certain sounds of certain letters or whatever or something like that. And in the back of my mind, I was like, "I've been drilling her the alphabet since she was like two. Like, we know the sounds, we know the things. Like, I know that when we're home with her, we, we she she can do these things." She just doesn't want to show people what she's capable of sometimes. Um, and I don't want that to like hinder her either. Um, and then sometimes like, like me, when we're doing homework and stuff, you know, she'll like, you know, what's two plus two? She'll be like, three? I'm like, nah, come on, you know this. You know what I mean? Like trying to be funny or be silly. Or like you said, you know, ask questions that I know she already knows the answers to. And it's like, well, why are you asking that question? And I guess I, I definitely want to hear that poem to see, see how that goes about because I don't want to. Um, crush her curiosity or you know what I mean like or make her not be okay to ask those questions because it is important to ask questions I'm gonna be comfortable with that so that's that's a little it's got me thinking a little bit and you know being a little self-conscious of myself and my, my parenting no, techniques that, you know it's it's <laughs> it's uh you as a parent know your child you know what I'm saying so like when you say you already know the answer to it for me, it's 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 more of a, well, let me hear what you think it is. Right, so right. See where her mindset is at, and then if it's slightly off, you can veer it back on track. Yeah, and yeah. In a, in a different process, and like how how you get to it, you know what I'm saying? So like, when you said like, what's the two plus two, and she'll look at you and say three, like it's not a, like she knows she's wrong, but to see if you're gonna correct her. And like how you're gonna correct her type of way. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a let's have fun type of way. Yeah, yeah. Instead of it, it of like 
I know you know I'm wrong and I'm doing it just to piss you off type of way. It's more of like, let's have fun. Like, let's like, she wants to learn in a, in a different way. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know that like, it's, it's crazy how similar, you know, she is to me. And, and I can see a lot of myself when I was her age, you know, when doing certain things. So I know we, we very learn, we learn differently. Like I, I, I don't learn by reading, you know, I'm just, I'm just not that type of person. I'm hands-on physical through experience, you know, watching and all these things. And that's how I know she learns. And, and it's, it's, I guess it is tricky to like when I stay at home, dad part two, trying to, especially with all this COVID stuff, you know, becoming a teacher, you know, and having a teacher math and skills and all these things, like I guess in a certain curriculum and, and trying to find the way that works for her. Um, it's been a bit challenging and it, it also got me gets me very i guess like i want to say at least a little bit of depression and sadness because you know i see like i guess part of me i'm like did i fail her in some sort of way in school that she needs to get this help or that you know i mean like they'll do something wrong like what could i have done better like what are different experiences and then you know you start to kind of like doubt yourself you know because you always want to do what's what's right for your kids um but we don't you're never gonna know what that is you know it's, it's, it's all pretty much trial and error yeah, but also, you know, what's right for one kid isn't right for the next kid. Right. So you just, like, not you, but as a parent, the parent needs to figure out in a, like, a small way on what works best for that child they have. You know, like, um, for instance, me, I'm a hands-on person. I've been a chef, like I told you before, for almost over 16 years. I didn't learn it from reading a book. You know, someone had to break it down to me. Someone had to show me step for step, like what this ingredient is, what this tastes like, how this is supposed to feel and what this makes when it's done. When you talk math, I'm, I'm great at math. Like mm. I'm always good at math and I've always found little tricks and traits to like figure out how to do it. Right. And one thing for me was always doing the tally mark thing. Like if you know you need to find out how many groups of two fit into sixteen, we do multiplication. We all know it's eight, you know. But someone her age doesn't know that off the top of their head. So what I would do is I would make sixteen slash like tally marks, and then circle two, then another two, then another two, then another two, and then you just count how many groups there are of two in sixteen, and you figure that out makes eight. Like little tricks that you have to pick up and learn like you know yeah yeah their type of things but like that might not work for her it might not work for my daughter you know what i'm saying it, it might be something different so like you just can't don't think you fail her in any way because you're doing your best at something you're not used to well it's right. not the normal for you you're not used to being a teacher you're you're supposed to be dad and you're supposed to help her get to the next level, but you're, you you didn't educate yourself to be a teacher. Right. Right. So you can't, you can't feel like you failed her in any way because at the end of the day, you're doing your best and your best for her is like the world. Yeah, no, man. And, I see like certain things like went with my daughter, you know, I may have not, um, I'm not going to be able to 
teach her math or something like that or like in a train but my goal like I always said to me and my wife is like I want to tr- teach her how to be a good person yeah right that that's what I'm good at I'm I'm good at being a good person you know and I know I can teach that and stuff and I and I know like when I when I when people like at school and I'm like oh you know I'm Nyla's dad like oh Nyla oh my god we love Nyla so much you know she's so sweet she's so kind and she has such great manners and this that or whatever I'm like yeah I did that you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's one of the things where like, I, I know that I was able to do that. You know, like even just today, like we went to my mom's house, you know, and when, when my mom was cleaning and stuff like that, and my Nala was like, oh, you know, I'll help you, grandma. And she went, she grabbed a broom and she just started sweeping. And, and, you know, we don't have her sweep here at the house like that. Like she, we don't, you know, have her do those things. But she seen her grandmother doing something. She's like, I want to help her. I want to do something nice. You know, so she swept, she mopped, she picked up, she did that. You know what I mean, like all on her own. And it's like, my mom looks at me, and I'm like, you know, I, I know I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? Like, she's being a good person, thoughtful, caring, and loving. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's where I know I can help her succeed in life, you know? But, you, but you've but you always been, uh, towards me, you've always been that type of person. You know, like, I, you're my cousin. Like, I've always known you to be loving and caring. Like I cannot see you. Like just the other day, I haven't seen you in over eight years, seven, eight years now, and it felt like we just picked up. Like we just saw each other downtown. Yeah, you know, I mean, and 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 that's that's I said. That's why I love doing this and being able to connect because I know I'm such a people person and 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 all those things, man. So I'm so happy and blessed knowing that I, I can teach my daughter how to be me. And that's also one of the things too. Like when I like again, not not to not trying to sound conceited in any way but i know that i'm a wonderful person you know i know i'm a genuinely caring loving person and i've always said to myself like and there was a lot more people like me in the world to be a lot better place and i, and I said you know they have kids I mean, i'm going to be able to help add more of those people into this world who are caring loving kind you know and willing to help others when they need to be helped so that's like uh, one of my uh, one of the greatest achievements so far seeing my daughter be that kind of person you know yeah, and it's not being conceited, and you know, like, because your you, your main focus is making sure your kids are this way, you know, and not trying to say you're trying to form them or put them in a box or in any sense of the way, but you're also changing adults when you with your podcast, because I don't know how many kids are listening into it, you know, listening or viewing your podcast, but it's probably. 90 percent adults yeah majority majority i guess like i guess look at my uh my age range it's about like 28 to 35 yeah. like my highest age that i've been listening and stuff which i which i know that and i think that that's part of that too again it's not meant to like for for toddlers more so i guess like teenagers or people in their 20s or things like that coming up because we're we're at that you're at that transition point in your life you know, you're not a kid anymore, but you're not quite an adult. You're trying to find yourself and where to go. Um, and, and that's that's how I'm trying to help and guide people in, into, you know, becoming better uh, versions of themselves. Yeah. Like, um, what was it the other day I saw? The elephant. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You don't understand that, like, for me, that hit home. Because... I've, 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 what's, how, how can I say, like, I fit the mold that I let people form me into, Mm -hmm. you know, um, 
I haven't been the greatest person in the world. Like I've never been this calm. I've done a lot of wrong, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I have allowed myself to adapt to that person right. and be comfortable and happy with that person that wasn't who I was. And like you said, at a certain point in your time, like 25, 26, I'm 34 now. It took me a long time to get to where I'm at, mm-hmm. you know, and and learn how to be okay and comfortable in my own skin. Like, I grew up in, you know, the east side of Stanford. I chill in the south end of Stanford, and you know the south end and how it is. Yeah, and yeah. I've done that for years. I'd move away, come back, still go back to the same stomping ground, the south end of Stanford, and did what I always did. And I allowed myself to become a product of that environment because that's what people always told me I wasn't going to be. Like, you're always going to be that person. You're never going to be. And I eventually just conformed to it, you know, and just was, like, comfortable and like I took it as a compliment at, at, at points in time. Like, are you just gonna be a street kid your whole life? Cool, I'm happy with that. Thank you. Like, as long as you can see me, I'm I'm happy. Right, right. And it, it now it's more of a, oh, you're always gonna be that. No, I'm, I'm not that person anymore. You know, it's like I've changed a lot. You, you can know about me. Stop judging me off of what I look like because I have a bunch of tattoos that you probably think are gang related, which none of them are, you know, like um, when I got this neck tat, that was my mom's biggest fear. She's like, all people are just going to think you're a gang member. They can think what they want. But when you look at it, you can definitely tell there's no gang resemblance whatsoever. It's literally, um, I got a pocket watch with a rosary around it. Um, with my daughter's uh, time of birth, date of birth and her name. That's what's up, you know, and I want to. That's how I express myself. Like you're I, proud, I yeah. In in many ways, like I I draw, I I chef it up, you know. Like that's how I I can express myself. And my canvas for me is my body. So I, anytime I accomplish something or I feel a certain way. I will put it on me, you know, and this is one of my greatest accomplishments in my life, my daughter. So I put it where everyone can see, mm-hmm. you know, and like I, like I said, I'm tatted everywhere now. Like from the last time you saw me till now, I'm hey. like everywhere. Like I got a, a like a literally a whole half sleeve done. I've got my back, my neck, my calf, like, but they all represent a story in a Definitely. you know and this is just one great story for me so like i'm not even done like i have like this whole piece that i want done so the next part of it is going to be my daughter's footprint literally like on my throat and then her handprint when she's old enough i'm going to have her write her name and then i'm gonna write our journey begins and that's done at that point and then if I have more kids, I'll figure out what I'm going to do for them. But 
these are all my little stepping stones to who I've become. You know, no. so like, like I have this one right here. It's um, puzzle pieces turning into a hand and then God's hand. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm, I'm a broken person. We, we all are. You right, know what I'm right. It's just finding the right pieces to connect, to be closer to one person. And that's then that's I just, like that. I like that. You know, I see it. So it's like, I have to go through my own journey to figure out how to make myself a whole. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, not every piece is going to fit at that time, but it you learn to make it fit. So it's like, I had to go through all the pain, all the sorrow, like the, the numerous times in jail for stupid shit. Like I had to do that in order to become who I am because now that I have my daughter, I've changed that all. Like I'm not worried about how much money I make, even though I'm worried about how much money I make, but not where it's coming from. Like, I'm not worried about having the best shoes. I'm not worried about having the flyest gear. It's, it's not about that for me. Now it's more of how much time can I spend at home and still make money? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And being a chef, you put in a lot of hours. So on on an average week for me, I'm working about 65 hours a week, you know, but I make, I make sure that my job knows that my main priority is her. So I won't come into work until four o'clock and I'll work from four to one without giving you a hard time every day. But in return, you're giving me six o'clock in the morning to five o'clock, like 330 with my daughter. So it's like, it's a win-win. It's a trade-off. Yeah, yeah. It's a good trade-off. Like, yeah, like you said, it's a good trade-off. But it's always like in the back of my mind, like we were talking about earlier, trying to get this company to just buy recipes off me for the rest of my life, just so I could spend like every day working. Yeah, no, man, and that's that's so cool, man. I think, and I, and 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 I'm gonna tie into that too, in just a second, because I just want to go back to your to your to your puzzle tattoo. Um, I said in it, I made a reel or a TikTok earlier on, like one of my first ones. Um, but I said, you know, one of the greatest abilities is being able to break yourself down. And build yourself back up again. Is that sometimes you end up with a few extra pieces or missing a few, you know? And that's that's the thing too. Like you know, we gotta get rid of things that you know we maybe once held were important, thought that were cool, and get rid of those and pick up other traits and learn. But it, it's it is a wonderful ability, and I think everybody is capable of it if they really try to transform who they were to be who they want to be. You know, it's just a matter of making that decision. You know, so that that is a, that is a very beautiful, uh, beautiful tattoo there. That's a very meaningful piece, man. I like that. I like that. Thank you. Um, you know, so it's 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 so important that too that that we all grow and and try to be there. And I think like he said, tying back to the situation with your dad, which I've noticed with a lot of people, um, who who's who didn't have that connection with their dad or you know who weren't there often enough, know what it's like, and they can't do that to their kid, so they kind of overcompensate. You know oh, I mean, <laughs> tell me about it. Like, uh, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Because um, when my daughter was born, my dad would call me, like my biological dad would call me every day, checking up on her, you know? And he's like, 
you got to be there for her. You got to do everything. We got to do it right. It's like, I don't want to disrespect. But in the back of my head, I'm just like, so do everything the opposite of you? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's what I do. Like, going back to what I said to you before, it's like I had the best of both worlds because I had that one compassionate man. And then I had this one stern, like, hard-headed man. And I just try to fuse the both of them to make to make me. Yeah. You know, because growing up, like I said, like, it was tough for me because I didn't understand, like, how to deal with emotion and how to cope with it. And now it's more of a, I find myself, like, when I'm with her, when I'm with my daughter, I don't know if you've done this, but, like, I do this a lot. And I've been doing it a lot recently um, just because of the fact of the whole situation I told you about how I just got um, uh, emergency custody of my daughter mm-hmm. because me and my baby moms was having issues with each other and it never got physical or anything like that. It's just, we just didn't click anymore. And um, more recently I've been, uh, when, when I first brought her home, it was Easter Sunday. I brought her to my mom's house and I would play music to put her to sleep. And we would play like random songs. Like for me, like I grew up listening to like heavy metal and rock. And now I'm into like jazz and funk. Like I just learned to like change things up and enjoy. And I used to play a lot of John Mayer for her. So she would fall asleep to John Mayer all the time. Like I was carry her around and rock her to sleep and sing John Mayer songs to her and the other day I was driving in my car and a John Mayer song came on but I was alone (laughs) so I felt comfortable with being in my emotion and I just started crying because it just brought me back to the times where it's like my happiest moments you know like my daughter was born two and a half months early like I told you and I had to like go to work and rush to the hospital after work, and, you know, not knowing certain things and trying to figure out when she can come home because home isn't home without her now because I know she's there. Right, and right. I can, I can honestly tell you like my my happiest moments in life have always been, are around her now, like graduating high school and becoming a chef and all that other stuff is like meaningless to me mm-hmm. you know like those are good achievements for me when I was a kid like as a man as an adult you know even even if I had her younger it it would still be one of my greatest achievements in my life but the day she was born was probably like the proudest time for me where I can say I'm really proud of myself and then it comes down to the day the doctor calls us and tells us we can take her home. Like, I broke down, bro. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I've learned to just deal with it. Like, yeah, you got to feel it. You, know, you got to like, feel it. You know, men cry. And when we cry, it's for a real purpose. Not saying that when you cry, it's not for a purpose, but you're not going to see a grown man cry for nothing. You're not mm-hmm. going to see him cry because a window broke. You're not going to see him cry because, you know, 
something didn't go right in his day or you know the car broke down or stuff like that it's 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 got to hit home yeah and for me i was outside we were living in florida and we were outside and we were just chilling outside and i was smoking a cigarette and the doctor calls so every time the doctor calls i panic because she's in an incubator and we don't know what's going on and it's fucking nine in the morning and we're getting this phone call at nine in the morning. Doctors don't call me at nine in the morning. The doctor normally calls me like at one in the afternoon on my lunch break to let me know, hey, she did good. You know, this is your next step. And I was taking classes, CPR and parenting and um, like harnesses for the car seat classes and all this other stuff I was doing to be able to make sure that I can bring her home fast. And I would just tell her every day, it's like, you take your time with what you got to do. And I'm going to rush what I have to do. Because when you're ready, you're ready. Right. And it was, it was a Monday at nine o'clock in the morning, bro. It was like, I swear to you, it was two weeks before Easter on a Monday at nine in the morning. I will never forget it. The doctor is like, hey, Isabel's doing great. Um, she just finished eating her bottle. Um, she took a bottle by mouth instead of through a tube through her nose. So that was their biggest step for her to come home is to bottle feed. Right. And the doctor was just talking and rambling. And all of a sudden I heard, are you ready to bring her home? Because you could bring her home Friday. And I just lost it, man. I was just in tears. And my baby mother's just looking at me and she was like, you're always crying. Like, I'm like, you don't understand, like, for you, it's different because you have your own connection with her. For me, it's, I'm finally bringing my daughter to home. Like, we're finally going to make this a home. Right, right. You know, like, we have all this stuff here, but no baby, you know? So I was, I was like, you don't understand. I was so ecstatic. I called everybody, bro. <laughs> I mean... I called my sister. I tried to call my mother. I tried to call my brother. I tried to call my dad, my stepmom, like everybody. And um, eventually, you you um you remember Ben, right? Ben, Ben. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I eventually called him because he's the godfather to my daughter. And he was like, "What's wrong, man? Like, what's going on?" And I'm like, "It's the baby. It's the baby. It's the baby." And he was like, "What happened? What happened?" I'm like, "I get to bring her home Friday." And he just starts crying with me on the phone, bro. And for me, it was, I knew why he was crying. Like he was happy, you know, he, me and him grew up as brothers. So for him, for me to be crying to him and be like, yo, my daughter's coming home was more like his daughter's coming home. Right. Right. We got to share that with each other. But like, these are things for me, like I'm not afraid to express anymore, you know? Not just because you're family, it's just because as men, we need to learn how to be okay with how we feel. No, definitely, man. There's a um a book that I listened to recently, because I'm big on audiobooks. It's by Jason Wilson. It's called Cry Like a Man. That book changed me forever. It's an amazing book. I understand that you should definitely do I think any every man, everybody. But especially every man should read that book um, because it really touched on a lot of topics. 
Um, and that's a big thing is being able to be comfortable in their feelings and stuff. And um, so it's definitely a book that I would recommend you to read. And I don't want to go back to, cause I know that like you said that, you know, with, with the song and John Mayer um, with my daughter, um, I remember one home when I was, I was working at cable vision, I was working like the night shift. So I'd be coming home at like one in the morning or something like that, like driving from, from uh, Shelton. Um, and uh, I was listening to, to NSYNC and um, this, I, this, I promise you started playing. And I just kept thinking about that song and I was like, I'm going to be all that for my daughter. Like that, that song is to me is, you know, my song to my daughter. And I came home and my wife was like, like look at me like, are you okay? She like the tears running down my face. And I just crawled into the bed and I went to her belly and I just started singing this song to my daughter. And I would sing that song to her constantly, constantly. And I would play that. that that's, that's our song. And um, I have it on like our playlist and stuff like that. One time I was giving my daughter a bath and stuff and, um, you know, the song came on. And she goes, Daddy, Daddy, it's our song. And she just came and she hugged me and like I just started crying. Like I'm just like, yeah. this this means so much to me. Like this is this is unreal, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, trust me, man. I know because uh for me and her, it's uh John Mayer's daughter. Mm. And the song's pretty much about how as a man, you're supposed to love and cherish your daughter and treat her right because eventually she's going to try to find someone else to do right. the same, be her husband. And it's just, you got to listen to it one day. When you have a time, just throw it on one day and you you listen to it, you'll understand. And you being a dad, it'll hit you. Like, you know, if you really focus in on what he's saying, it hits you because it's like, Everything you said right now, like everything you, you heard that song, you thought about her instantly and you came home to her. Right. Nothing else mattered to you, but her yep. that moment because of how you felt. And that's what that song does for me. Like when I hear that song, I instantly think of my daughter. I instantly just want to be around her and just every day is a surprise for me because she's so little. She doesn't know anything yet. Well, she knows, but she doesn't know exactly what she's doing. And it's a new adventure for me all the time. Like um, the other day, her and my mom, so my mom watches her at night for me. Mm-hmm. And they, they they hang out all day, like all night from literally like six o'clock in, in the afternoon or the evening till I get home. They they're, When I came home tonight, my daughter was in her bed sleeping instead of in her own bed. And um, she does this thing. My mom goes, I love you. And she shakes her head. She goes, no. And my mom will go, oh, you don't love me? And she'll fake cry. And then my daughter will look at her and go, ha, ha, Like, so I know they have that little yeah, yeah. thing. And it just, no one else has that with her. But my mom, like, my mom has that thing with her. And then my sister has a different thing with her. Like, she has these connections with certain people that you you will never understand. Like, like the bond they have is so unique with each individual person mm-hmm. that they interact with. You know, so like for me, when she sees me, it's instant, like run to me, hug my leg, tell me to pick her up, rest her head on my shoulder and pats. She pats my back, you know, and to me, that's like, her way of letting me know like everything's okay like we're good yeah, yeah you know yeah and that gives me a sign of relief just because that's like my fear for me and this is 
probably for every dad is to lose a child. Mm -hmm. I had that fear the moment she was born because they, they told us the chances of her living through the first 24 hours, like I told you, it was like 40%. Right. Um, within the first 12 hours, she kicked off the CPAP machine that they had on her. She turned it off and was breathing on her own normally. Mm. You know, so like, for me, every time she does that, I think of that day and it's like, I know you're a fighter. I know I'm not have to worry about losing you, but now I have to worry about losing you in another way. And that's to your mom. And so like recently, I haven't really touched base with you about it, but um, so I've had my daughter since the day she was born. Mm -hmm. um, me, when me and her mom split, um, she told me and my mother that she's going to leave the baby with us because she was in better hands with us. Um, she was going through her own battles and everything else that I'm not going to touch on because mm -hmm. I don't want to tug down on her, you know? So yeah, I'm just, you know, leave it as, as that. But um, like about almost a month ago, about three and a half weeks ago, she, um, we, I would always give her visitation. I was always letting her see her. I had no problem with that. Um, she decided to keep my daughter and wouldn't let me come and get her. So my world flipped upside down. Like, I went through like this wild, crazy depression for like three weeks, bro. Like crazy depression. Um, I would do everything and anything I possibly could to try to see her. Like, how about I just come over for a little bit after work? No, she's sleeping. Or let me just come over right now. No, I don't trust you because you'll take her from me. And I was like, but, but you just did that to me. Right. Like, you just turned my biggest fear into a reality. You took her physically from me. So you took our daughter, who's in, what her norm is being around me and my mom pretty much all day and with you for a few hours a day. And now you're not even allowing her to see me. A week goes by. She finally says, I'll let you FaceTime us. I FaceTimed them. I said, hey, baby. She looked at the phone and ran to the front door thinking I was coming to pick her up. Bro, that broke my heart. So at that point, I told her, I was like, you're going to leave me no choice. I'm going to have to fight you for full custody. And I went two times to the courthouse by myself to try to get it, and I was denied. My sister was like, it's the shit, bro. Like, she was the shit. She came with me every single time I had to go fill out these paperwork, and we did it every day for a week. And I got denied every day for a week. And eventually she was like, we're just gonna have to get a lawyer. And I was like, I don't got the money for it. You know, I gotta figure this out. Three days into having a lawyer, bro, I was at work on a Tuesday. My sister's blowing up my phone. I go outside for a cigarette. And she's like, yeah, you need to call me. Like, I'm looking at, I'm looking at all these text messages. You need to call me right now. 
So I was always like how I think is always think the worst and pray for the best. Right, right. right. Um, she was like, you need to leave work right now. The, the, the judge signed your paperwork. You have um, emergency temporary custody, full custody of the baby. You need to go now and pick this up. And you can go knock on her door with the cops and get your daughter. You was gone. Bro, I went to my boss and I was in tears. And I'm telling you, in tears. My boss was, for two weeks, was real disappointed in me. Because my motivation was so low. Like we have this, um, at my job, when you're doing the best that you can be for them, they call it being legendary. Um, he told me flat out, he's like, man, you normally hit excellence for us from the moment you walk in to the moment you leave. He goes, I can tell you don't want to be here. You know, so I had to explain to him what was going on. And this is to a guy who has no kids, you know, it's like to make him feel my pain. I had to explain it to him. Like, right, right. And the day that I got that phone call, I went up to him. I was like, man, remember what I was telling you the other day, a couple of days ago, how I haven't seen my daughter and I'm doing all this extra stuff and I'm spending all this money. And, you know, he's like, yeah. I go, well, the judge just signed off on my papers, man. And just that one tear just. And he was just like, go. I was like, I'll come back to work. He was like, you haven't seen your daughter in two weeks, man. Go. Don't worry about the day. Just go. I was like, all right, man. I really real. Like, I really do appreciate it. And I'm in tears leaving, like leaving my job in tears. And I get into my car. I take a minute to like, you know, refocus my all my all my shit, like like everything, like my anger, my hurt, my joy. I had to like had to be that that person that I don't want to be, but I had to like suppress it. And I get to the lawyer's office, I get my paperwork, I call the cops, I wait for the cops like a block away from her house. I explain to the cops everything, I show them all the paperwork, cop knocks on the door, and she gives her back to me. Bro, I tried everything to not like show her any emotion whatsoever. The moment that cop put my daughter back in my hands, bro, I lost it. I lost it. And I, I, you know, I did tell her, like, and I should have never said it, but I was like, you'll never see her again in a day in your life. It's like, what you did to me is unexcusable, and I will make sure you feel what I feel for the rest of your life. Right, right. You know, set out of anger. Set out of anger. But at that point in time, I really felt that because... You took my fear and you went with it. Like you knew my fear and you attacked it. Yeah, and that's 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 cool, man. Um, hold on, give me one second. My daughter just gotta come here. Come here, come here. Yeah, so that's that's my little girl, that's my baby girl. I just woke up like about 20 minutes ago, which is with my mom. <laughs> But yeah, man, that that's 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 a real shitty situation you got to go through, man. And and you know you, it, it, it's 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 one of those things, man. And I, and I talk about this constantly too in a couple of other podcasts. Is that the kid got nothing to do with it? You know what I mean? Keep them out of every situation, whatever. Got fear, animosity, and stuff like that. 
keep the kids out of it. You know, I, I, like my, I, my dad, my, I got a brother, right? Different mom, you know, but his mom would used to call up to the house and, and, you know, they would have a conversation on the phone and check in. Like my mom would go, when we go to Puerto Rico over there, we would go pick them up at the house and they were always respectful. You know what I mean? Like I never seen them curse at each other, no animosity, no nothing, any of those things. You know, my mom always said too, you know, it's because he had nothing to do with it. It's not his fault. He didn't choose to be here. He didn't choose to be in a situation. He didn't want any of this. So he shouldn't have to deal with any of these consequences or deal with any of this, this, this negativity that exists, you know, and it's just so crappy that, that people do that, you know, and take things a step too far. You know what I mean? Like you said that for your daughter, you know, she, she, you calling and thinks she's going to pick you up. That's, that's messing with her head. You know, that's, those are mind games that, and she's at such a young age where she, everything is, is they're soaking up everything as a sponge, you know, this is the most impactful times in their life. You know, um, but I'm glad that you're able to get that. And, 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 and you know, where, where do you stay on that right now? Like, you just, is this just emergency custody or you still got to? So on December 1st, I got to go back to court because she, uh, she filed for visitation. And I, I'm, my mind is telling me be ruthless, but my heart is like it's it's not fair to her it's not fair to my daughter that she doesn't see her mom right right so from now until december i give her two days a week to see her but because i have the emergency custody she has to give her back to me at a certain time like that i choose so she had her today from 10 in the morning to four in the afternoon She'll have her again on Monday from 1.30 to 7 at night. And that's just what I gave her, just to be nice. After putting me through two and a half weeks of hell, you know. But my end goal is to be ruthless, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat shit. I told you I was going to be real, like real raw with you. That's my end goal is to take her. Like, I don't want to speak bad on her. I don't, but she's got a lot of mental issues. She needs to work on her on her own. You know, we all have our own battles. I got my own mental issues, but I, I have a control on it. You know what I'm saying? Um, she doesn't. So I, I need to take her away from that environment before she picks up on those habits. Right. And I think, you know, number one is, is, is that, you know, her safety and her well-being is most important and all be all. Um, you know, I understand being, um, I guess, I don't know if, if, if you heard this the other the, the day I had a posted a story about a snake in a fire. So a man comes across a snake in a fire and is burning to death, right? So he reaches into the fire to grab a snake to try to save his life. But the snake bites him, pulls his hand back, thinks about it for a second, and he tries again. He tries several times, and each time the snake is biting him every single time. But he finally is able to get the snake out of the fire and set it free. Now somebody in the distance was watching this whole thing goes down, and they approached him and they said, man, like that snake bit you like six, seven times. Why don't you just let it lay there to die? 
And the man looked at him and he said, well, it's the snake's nature to bite. It's my nature to help. I'm not going to let his nature change mine. You know, and I think that's the situation is that, you know, I understand the shit that she put you through, you know, in a trauma. Um, but don't let it change the character or the person that you are deep down. You know, at the end of the day, your daughter has her mom. I think it should be smart, you know, definitely be smart and, and keep her safe and really do what is best in a child. Um, but I think I think it's, it's, it's that too. They're just trying to do what's best for her and understand that too. You know, I mean, that is her mom. Um, and, and you shouldn't allow, I, I, I know it's kind of probably like sadistic or like messed up coming from me because I'm, I'm not in that situation. But like I said, seeing it from my mom's point of view and that goes from my brother, you know, you shouldn't let that affect that relationship. You know, because at the end of the day, she's always going to be her mom, you know. And I've seen, you know, I didn't even see this from another aspect, right? Like my, my, um, my best friend, right? He has a brother a year younger than him. Um, and um, their dad walked out and like real, real young. You know, it was never around for them. And their mom was always there, um, you know, raising them. Um, but then recently his younger brother's now like hanging out more with the dad and now blaming the mom or like, it's your fault that he wasn't around and this, that or whatever, and creating unnecessary, unnecessary tension. You know, he was gone. What happened, happened. You can't change that. You know, can't live in the past. You just got to understand they're both your parents and, and, and work through that situation the best you possibly can. You know what I mean? You know, so it's, it's I, I hear you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I you see. Here's my thing. So it's like when you say that, I shouldn't allow someone else's nature to change my nature makes me like second guess myself on a lot of things that I'm going to be doing because it's like it's not it's not to be spiteful or vindictive it's not it's truly not it's it's like I'll give you vis- I, I'm willing to give her the visitations and everything when her mental is way better than what it is and that's fair and that's fair you know, because you, know, you got to make sure you're getting your daughter is 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 in good hands, you know, and that she's safe and that she's being protected regardless of what the relationship is, you know, and especially for her, too, is, is you know, I guess like kind of part of me is getting me wondering, like, what was your goal keeping her from you? Like, what was the point of that? You know what I mean? Like, what? Because so originally the problem was she wanted to have her spend the night. And where she lives isn't the safest neighborhood. I've had to take off of work multiple times because people were shooting over there. So I won't allow her to keep her overnight unless I spend the night. And she didn't want me to spend the night. And I didn't have a problem with not spending the night. But I didn't feel comfortable or safe for my daughter to not have me around. Um, For two reasons. One... I grew up on the streets, like, you know, like I told you, I grew up in the south end of Stanford. Like I grew up on the east side of Stanford, but I always grew up in the south end. So I know how those people work. I know how their lingo is. I know when things are going to pop off because I've been around it my whole life. And she doesn't, like, she doesn't understand that. Like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down on any race or anything but she's a she's a white girl you know she's she's overprivileged 
from Florida, like everything's peachy and sunny. And she doesn't get that her environment that she's in isn't good for her health, isn't good for her mental health or her well-being in general. Um, I understand that she can't afford to be anywhere else. Um, But it's just not safe for the baby there. And she just didn't like it. So there was no custody agreement at the time. So she felt that she can just keep her whenever she wanted and decided to not let me get her back. Right. right. Well, I definitely understand that. And that's something that I think, again, all that works in your favor. You know what I mean? Understanding that because overall it's about safety of the child. Doesn't matter what, who, what, you know, who does what, where, you know, it's about the safety of the child, you know, and I think it's, it's probably in that point too, like you say, you know, have that to protect you to get your child back and get, get her back and make sure she's safe um, and not at risk for somebody. Um, but I wouldn't say, like you said, like ruthless or, 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 you know, I know like you, you definitely are hurt and she needs to understand that. Um, but I think, um, you know, just like they say, you know, at the end of the day, you know, remember that there is your daughter's involved, you know, and that's her mom. And, um, let her make her own decisions about her. You know what I mean? I, I, as, as she gets older, I, I do want her to, like, for me, for instance, like, as I got older, I realized, like, you know, I don't really need my biological dad because I have a dad at home who raised me and taught me everything pretty much that I know. I will let her get to that point when she's old enough to understand what's going on. Right now, all she knows is I'm always there. Right, right. Things go wrong for her. No matter where I'm at in the house, she she falls, she'll run to me. Um, in the morning time, she knocks on my door to like, because my mom watches her overnight for me because I get home so late. Um, so knock on the door and she'll keep knocking until I answer it. You know, and then say, hey, Dada. And then pick me up. And then from that time on, I'm with her. So it's like, that's that's the norm for her. You know, like you just changed up her whole routine for two weeks and like you said, turned her world upside down. But not only did that, like all the progress I was doing on getting a sleep schedule mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. doing all stuff like potty training and everything, like you flushed all that hard work down the drain. And yeah. that's easy work. No, I hear that. Like, I got the love for my family too for a while. Like, because uh, I'm, 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 I know I'm raising my kids different than they raised us. Yeah, you know. And one of those things is like that I don't do. You know what I mean? Like Christmas parties, parties, stuff like that. Like, oh, just stay here till late. And I'm like, I'm not here till one, two o'clock in the morning. I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna have my child sleep in somebody random bed and you know wait till I decide to go home because I want to sit here and have no. She got a bed. She got a home. Day in bed, eight o'clock every night. So seven thirty is probably late. I'm gonna be here. 
You know, and it's like, oh, you know, they always leaving early. They got a sleep schedule. Like, y'all not the ones that's going to be up all night with them. If they wake up in the middle and do all this and that, stuff like that, it's, it's, it's hard. You know, like, if my son don't take a nap in the middle of the day, he cranky and it's just a lot to deal with for the rest of the day. You know, but everybody's like, oh, Lord, this is here. No, I'm going home. He's going to take his nap. Like, um, and they got to the point now where they understand. Like, I go to my sister's house on the weekends. At my mom's house, I'm like, yeah, by one o'clock, I'm leaving on my way home because this is his nap time. So, yeah, I can come see me afterwards or whatever, but I'm going home. Yeah. You know? But that that's structure. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's important to have. It's very important to have. Um, You know, and and, and, and it was, uh, I said this with somebody else in the other podcast when it came to these kids. This is important, like, um, about, like, instant gratifications or certain things or having structure in place, right? Yeah. So there was a, a group of kids and um, they did what's called a marshmallow experiment, right? So I left the kids in the room and they said, hey, listen, there's a marshmallow here on the, ta- on the table for all of you guys. You know, you could have one now or you could wait, you know, five minutes, we come back and you'll have two marshmallows. You know, so, so they left. Some of the kids ate the marshmallow right away. A few of the other kids, they decided to wait to get the two marshmallows. Now, they follow these kids for years and years and years, and they realize that the kids who had that self-control and were able to wait, who had that better structure, were a lot more successful in their lives than the other ones. They're looking for that instant gratification or all those things. So all that, you know, is very important and plays a huge role in child development. You know, so having a certain structure, having a certain pattern, all those things is very, very key in in the the success of your child, you know, if you want to do that, so. You know, definitely, like, she has to understand that and realize that and, and put that into effect, um, you know, and be respectful for that. And, and, and know their flaws, like you said, you know, it's, it's people got to be willing to make the changes to fix themselves like you did. You know, you, you found the pieces of the puzzles that I made you to help you get closer to get a better place. You know, you made this that decision to yourself to improve and you're able to do that. You know, everybody has to be held accountable for their own actions and who they are and what they do. And. At the same time, like you say, also have to suffer, suffer the consequences, you know, because of her actions and what she want to do now, she in a custody battle, you know, and has to deal with, you know, you setting the limitations of what's going on with your child. Um, and that's, that's, that is, um, that, that's going to suck for her, you know, no matter how you put it, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to suck for her because now she got no choice. Before it was slick, you know, and there's nothing in writing and stuff, but now there's, there's a whole process and stuff. So, um, you know, it just goes back to that, you know, to just be mindful um, about your daughter and, you know, like not making her suffer either because of what somebody else did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know if we've been, we've been wrapping up for a minute, man. I guess it's always usually an hour and stuff, but, um, you know, I got, I got two more questions for you, right? Um, so for you, um, what do you, what do you feel has been the, uh, the best advice you've ever received? Like I told you earlier, man, it's got to be for my pops. It's like, go for the home run, even though you might get out. Instead of hitting that line, driving, getting on base. It's like, you know, it's like, don't be afraid to, to fail. Because with failure, you're bound to succeed because you learn from that failure. Okay, okay. now, and, and, and for you, um, going through, like, your life experience and everything that you've gone through, um, to somebody who may have maybe following in your footsteps and going the same path you you went through, what is some advice that you would give to them? Oh man, uh, 
if you're following in my footsteps, stop. <laughs> Just stop. Like, take a second to to evaluate what you're really doing. Take that time to, like, literally take that one to two seconds to really think of, is that more important to you than anything? Or is your safety more important to you than anything? Because no matter what you do, you got to always make sure that you're safe. And it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. Like you and your podcast, you know what I'm saying? Like this is your passion. This is what you want to do. But you took that second or two to evaluate it, to make sure that it's something that is productive for your life and not everybody does that I, I sure as hell didn't do it until I got older and now I'm more focused on that than ever on what I do because I take that time so I would definitely tell somebody or anybody just like take a take a second breathe just Make sure that what you're doing is productive for your life and not counterproductive. Because once it becomes counterproductive in your life, it's all downhill from there. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's, it's, it goes back to, to controlling your feelings and your emotions, right? Um, and and I've come to, like a lot of times, like, you know, if I get into arguments with my wife or whatever, and so like that, because it happens, but, um, you know, I, I I take a moment or like, you know, I get real quiet. I don't say anything. And she's just like, you know, what's going on? It's like, I, I'm really in my feelings right now. You know, I mean, I'm really angry. Or I'm really feeling a certain kind of way. And I don't want to say nothing that I'm going to regret later, you know, or come off wrong. So I just need to take a moment to really understand what I'm feeling before I say anything. You know what I mean? Because I can't take it back. Can I do it? That's the situation I'm in with my baby mom because we are both two high-headed people, and once I get to that point where that that switch is flicked, I'm no longer speaking with my mind. I'm speaking out of emotion, and I will say some hurtful things sometimes out of you know just out of anger and i've expressed that to her it's like yeah sometimes i yeah i did say that you know but that was out of anger you know like today she uh texted me and she's like i gave you opportunity to come and talk to me about everything and then i was like my response there was there's nothing to talk about you left her with me that was that so I have final say. And she didn't like that. So out of her mouth was, well, I'm talking to some dude. Okay. Was that supposed to hurt me? Right. Like, you're posting it on social media. Like, I know this. I know the dude you're fucking. You don't know I know him. But he knows I know him. Now, do you think he didn't come to me as a real man and ask me if it was okay? Yeah, he did. And I told him to his face, you are more than welcome to do whatever you want with her. She's an adult. 
you're an adult. Just know there's a reason why I'm no longer with her. And you will find that out on your own. Enjoy. But then yet, she goes through my social media and she sees that I'm talking to someone. And I start getting 16 messages in a minute. Paragraphs. Oh, I don't want her around my kid. You don't have that say. Right. It's like, one, I'm not going to just have any random girl around my child. But two, you don't have that say because what if it gets serious? You're going to tell me I'm not allowed to get married? You're going to tell me I'm not allowed to, 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 to have another child? Like, that's her fear. Her fear is, like, her biggest thing is not having family or somebody moving on. And that's her fear. And I'm not talking to someone to play on her fear. Right. Moving all my life. My, my happiness. And not saying this one is my happiness, but I'm content with what we have so far. And I look forward to seeing what it could be. And that's what makes her fearful the most because she's afraid that someone else is going to take her place and not as a mom. She's worried about someone taking her place in my heart. And like I told you, like I'm always going to have feelings for her. I'm always going to love her. She gave me my first child. Um, but and that's the thing you could always have love somebody but not be in love with them you know what I mean like, it's, not even, it's not even that like like I said earlier to you it's like uh, she brought me back to being a person that I don't like being you know and, and it's only towards her it's mm-hmm. not towards anybody else it's only towards her and when I see her or I hear her voice it's just it's just black. This is like empty space to me. And even when I had to see her today, like I heard her saying something, but all I heard was Charlie Brown teacher. Like <laughs> and like she's like, You're not even paying attention. I was like, I don't have to pay attention to you no more. I was like, that's the beauty of this whole situation you brought upon yourself. It's like I don't gotta listen to you. There is no more conversations. Like the conversations you need to have, you need to speak to my lawyer because that's what I pay him for, to talk to you so I don't have to. You know, you could have just gave me my daughter back. We could have talked then. You brought the hell. I didn't bring this. You brought it. You made me put the man in between us. And now the man's going to work in my favor, hopefully, because... You fucked up. You withheld the child from me. I didn't never do it to you. Right, right. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, man. But, um, you know, I think it, those are two good points. You know, it's everybody is, like you said, you know, shoot for the moon. You know what I mean? You fall short, you land with a star. So always go for that home run. And definitely, you know, for everybody listening to all these young kids, man, really take a second to think about your actions. You know, just, just be... Just take a split second, think twice, and reevaluate. And if you can, if you feel you can deal with the consequences that may come with that, 
go for it. But understand that there's consequences and things and stuff that you have to deal with for every action, um, especially things that come out of anger or things that are, are said in, in with um, just full of emotion and not a lot of logic. You know, so wrap this up, man. Thank you for, for spending time with me. Um, and of course, as always, I can tell everybody, man, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves everybody. Stay blessed.